You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Good afternoon. Merry Christmas Eve. It's so good to see everybody here. So how we do things here at Impact Church, they, they may be a little different. Maybe you're used to it. But the way that we do things is we do series where we have four to six weeks of, of something that we're going to study together. And we've been in a series called Bah Humbug. And what we've been talking about is uh, the, the different people in the Christmas story. We've looked at Mary. We looked at Joseph. We looked at King Herod and the scribes and the wise men. And what we got to see from these stories is how we could respond to Jesus, even in the middle of a bah humbug season that we're going through of our own. Now, I don't know how many of you are going through one of those seasons right now. Maybe you're sitting in this place and you feel broken and you feel lost and you're just going through one of those seasons. For me, it's more of a, a physical thing. So I hurt my back this week. So if you see me walking funny, that's why. And don't ask me how I did it because I really don't know. This is what I do know, that I'm getting older that I'm a lot bigger than I used to be, and that if I do physical activity for more than like three hours, it's not going to end well. So that's what happened to me this week. I don't know what it was, but my back is, is hurting. It's better than it was, but I made it. And I'm glad that you made it here as well to celebrate the greatest gift ever given. Amen. We get to talk about and celebrate the fact that God sent Jesus for us. He sent Jesus for you. And I want you to take that personal this afternoon. I want you to truly embrace the reality that God loved you so much that He sent Jesus. And we're going to see this morning exactly why He sent Jesus and what it was all about. So growing up, I had a family tradition. And if you know me at all, you know I'm not a big fan of of Christmas. It's just too much work. Like, I just, I'm kind of lazy. I'm just going to admit that. I'm about to tell you that I'm hardworking, so you can figure that out on your own. But we had a tradition that every Christmas we would read Luke chapter 2 as a family. Someone would read that story, we would pray, and then we would continue on with the celebration. So this morning, or this afternoon, I'm sorry, we will together read Luke chapter 2. But I think that if we could dig deep beyond the surface, right, the surface is that this baby was special. But if we could dig deeper than that in this passage, I think that we can see that God really cares about normal, hardworking, unpopular people, and He shares His love with those people. You don't have to be some special, uh, this upper class. You don't have to have all these good looks. Trust me, like I know that you don't have to be special for God to love you. Because I'm not. I feel like I'm just a semi-normal person. I'm somewhat hardworking and lazy at the same time. I'm really not popular, but God said, hey, I love you. And we're going to see in this story how He uses ordinary people and how we can respond to the message of Jesus. And that's what it's about. It's about how we respond to the message. So we're going to hear the message this morning, but when we leave this place, we have to have a response to that. We're either going to respond in a way that He wants us to respond that honors Him, 
or we're going to respond in a selfish way where we run away from the true meaning of Christmas. So this morning, let's read together really quickly. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 11 together. It says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. God, I pray that you speak this, this afternoon through your Spirit. God, that you're honored you're glorified, and that people's hearts are forever changed, and that we're turned towards you forevermore. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the deal. We see that the story is taking place. It's unfolding. Mary is about to give birth to the Savior of the world. And an angel appears to some shepherds, and the shepherds are just out doing what they do. And an angel appears to them and he says, hey, so don't be afraid. I know that this is a lot, right? This is overwhelming maybe. It's a lot to take in. There's an angel standing in front of you. I mean, it would freak me out. I'm just being honest with you. It would. And they say, hey, don't fear. Like we have a message for you. And the message is that a baby's about to be born who is going to be the savior of the world. He says, hey, we have good news for you. So when we think of good news, we think of, hey, I just got a raise. Great news. Say, hey, I just got a new job I've been looking for. Great news. Hey, this girl that I've been kind of pursuing, she actually likes me. Great news, right? There's, there's a lot of great news that we hear in life. This was different. This was the best news ever. The best news ever. And we're going to see why. We're going to see what the good news is and I just want to share some verses with you. There's a lot of verses this afternoon. I promise you I'm not preaching long. But I want you to see what Scripture says about this little baby. I want you to see what Scripture says about the Savior of the world and why it's important for us. So what is the good news? Number one is this. The good news is Jesus came to rescue us. That this baby who is the Savior of the world He came to rescue us. He started a rescue plan. And the rescue plan started when Jesus was born. And then Jesus continued to live life. And then we know when we celebrate Easter, we celebrate the death and the the resurrection of Jesus and how He defeated death. And all of this is tied together into a great, masterful plan to rescue people from sin. And you say, well... I really don't sin a whole lot. And I understand, I used to think that about myself. But the truth is that we all sin. Right? We see in Romans chapter 3, 
Verses 23 and 24 says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then Paul goes on in his letter to the Romans in chapter 5 and says, But God shows His love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. And just in case it still isn't sinking in, this is the verse I really want you to hear this, this afternoon. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 says this, The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the foremost. So here's Paul, one of the, the greatest Christians to walk the earth. He wrote most of the New Testament. He, he evangelized, he witnessed, he planted churches, and he's writing this letter and he's saying, hey, Christ came into this world to save sinners of who I am the chief sinner. I am the foremost. Because if you look at the old life of Paul, he persecuted Christians. He didn't care anything about the Messiah. He was living a life completely apart from the Savior. And then he really gets to a place in his life where he meets Jesus, where this, this understanding of the good news really takes root in his life. And he starts believing, hey, Jesus came to rescue me. And He came to rescue me from my sin, which is punishable by death in a real place called hell. And God said, hey, I, I don't want that to happen to you. I love you. And if you're sitting in this room, He's telling you today that I love you. I love you and I don't want you to spend eternity apart from me. And, and the sin that's in your life, that's what it does. The sin in your life, it, it sends you to hell. So God said, no, I want to rescue you. So I'm going to send this, this baby. I'm going to send my son, my only son, to rescue humanity. And no matter how you feel in this place, you are part of humanity. No matter how insignificant you feel, God loves you. No matter how much you've screwed up in the past, God loves you. No matter what you're going through in this moment, God loves you. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, God loves you. And He sent this perfect gift, His Son, to rescue you for all of eternity. But not only did Jesus come to rescue us, but Jesus came to reconnect us. In Romans 5.10 it says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. And that's what this means. It means that while we were still running away from God, He said, hey, I love you anyway, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die for you anyway. Even if you're running away, even if you don't care, even if you don't choose me, I'm trying to rescue you anyway. And I want you to think about it like this. Think about if you were 
And this, this may be a little morbid for some of you, but think about if you were just in an in a ocean or a lake or something and you were just drowning and you couldn't get up, you couldn't, you couldn't find the top, you were just continuously sinking and you were struggling and you knew that this was the end. And someone came and said, hey, I know that you don't like me, I know that you don't care anything about me, but I'm, I'm lifting my hand down to save you. And that's what God did for you and for me. As we were running away from Him. As we were living life to please ourselves, God said, I love you anyway. And Jesus came not only to rescue us, but to reconnect us to the Father. He came to, to allow us to have a relationship with God, he, he came to allow us to be reconciled and reconnected to the Creator of the universe. I mean, I really want this to sink in because God created you, God created me to give Him glory and to be in relationship with Him. But then sin entered the world and all of that fell apart. And the, the earth, humanity, began to run away from God. And God said, that's not why I created you. I created you to be in relationship with me. So in order to reconnect you, I'm going to send my son to be born of a virgin. To live this perfect life, to be the perfect sacrifice and substitute for you. To defeat death so that you could be reconnected to me, the Father who loves you, the Father who has plans for you, the Father who wants to be in a relationship with you. And some of you are sitting in this room and you've never, ever, ever accepted the fact and the reality that the God of the universe loves you. That He cares about you. And I don't want you to think about the people next to you. I want you to, to really let this sink in to your own heart. Because no matter where you are in life, God loves you. And He demonstrated that love by sending Jesus to be born on this earth. And then to die a criminal's death for you. Not only for you, but instead of you. He took your place. And that's the good news. You say, oh man, that doesn't really sound like good news. I mean, you're talking about somebody dying. It's not really good. Here, here's the thing. He did it willingly because He loves you. And I can't think of, of anything in this world that would keep me from trying to protect my wife and my kids. I would do anything to keep them safe to protect them because I love them. And God feels even more love toward you. And maybe some of you don't really feel that love this afternoon. Maybe you're just you're going through life and you don't you don't feel that. You don't really you don't really get the the excitement of this whole Jesus thing. It doesn't make a lot of sense to you. 
you really want to believe it. You really want it to, to sink in and to change who you are, but you don't know how to do that. You, maybe you, you just, you've been trying and you've been failing and there's, just, there's a lot of stuff going on in your life. And the first thing I want you to hear this afternoon is that you're not alone. You're not the only one that feels that way. There's people all over this room that feel exactly like you do. But there's a God who can work through your feelings. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that your feelings aren't real and that they're not important, because they are real and they are important. But you have to hear this afternoon that God can work through those. He can work despite of those. And then He's got a plan and a purpose for you. So the good news is that Jesus came to rescue us. That Jesus came to reconnect us. So here's the big question. I'm going to give you three really quick points and then we're going to wrap this up. But the real question is this, what do I do now? So if this is the good news, if the good news is that Jesus came and the reason that He came is to, to rescue me from sin and to reconnect me to the Father, then what do I do with that? Like, what do we do now? And that's where I want to turn us back to the shepherds in this passage that we just read. Because these shepherds, these were just normal people. They were hardworking people, but they were low-class people. Like the history says this about the shepherds, that they were looked down upon so much that they weren't even allowed to testify in court. Man, they let anybody testify in court. But they wouldn't allow the shepherds to testify. Because all they did is they kept watch over the, the, the flock. And they were a little selfish because they were, those were their, right, their flock, even though it really wasn't. The, the flock was for the temple, for all the sacrifices, and these guys just watched over them. But these were just normal people. They were unpopular, they were low class, and this is who the angel shows up to. And that gives me encouragement because, again, that I can relate to that kind of person. I'm just a normal person. There's nothing special about me. I'm an unpopular person. Some people don't like me. I'm okay with that. I try to work hard again. I can be lazy at the same time. But the truth is, these were ordinary people who the, the community that they were in really looked down, down upon them. And I can, I can really relate to this. And the way that they responded, I think, will encourage us to respond in a similar way. Because if we can believe the good news that Jesus really did come, He was born to rescue us, that He was born to reconnect us, then I think this can really be our response. So three things. Number one is this, we go with haste. We see in Luke 2.15 it says, when the angels went away from them, the shepherds, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. 
They said, let us go. They didn't wait. Again, they didn't hold some big conference and try to figure out what they needed to do. They said, hey, the Savior of the world's being born. Let us go see Him. And my question for you would be this. Are you chasing after the Savior? Is your life running towards Jesus? Because we know that the Savior came to rescue us, came to reconnect us, to reconcile us back to God. We believe that. Hopefully we believe that. And our response should be to run after Him with everything that we are. That we go. That we just don't sit around. God didn't create us to just sit around. And I know that's, that's hard for me. I love sitting around and watching uh, the Braves. And they won the World Series, by the way, if you didn't know that. Praise God. I love sitting around and watching the, the Braves and the Bulldogs and sometimes the Falcons. Like I, I'm okay doing that. But God didn't create us to be a lazy people. He created us to be a people that chase after Him with everything that we are. Everything in our life should be going after the Savior. Now, whether that be our relationship with our spouse, our parenting, our relationship with our parents, our job, whatever it is, should be chasing after Jesus. We should be going with haste. Number two is this. We should share without hesitation. Verse 16 says this, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying the Lord had told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Here's what the shepherds did. They heard the good news. They ran after Jesus. And then they began to tell everyone they came in contact with the good news. The news was too good not to share. The Savior of the world had been born. The good news of Jesus coming to rescue and to reconnect and to reconcile, that news was too good for them not to share with other people because they knew that other people needed to hear the news. And I don't know if you pay attention to what's going on in the world, but we live in a world that needs to hear the good news. We live in a world that is desperate for the Gospel and the Gospel is the good news. It's the fact that Jesus was born for us to rescue and to reconnect. Man, and I'm afraid that too often we miss the opportunities that we're given to share the Gospel with other people. And man, there's a multitude of reasons. Maybe we're embarrassed to share the good news. Maybe we're scared of the result. We don't know how someone's going to react. Maybe we feel just in, inferior. We just don't feel like we know enough to share. Whatever the reason is, the, the cost is too high not to share the gospel. Once we really believe the good news and we know that it's true and we begin to go after Jesus, we can't help but share 
the news with other people because we know that it will change their life forever the same way that it changed ours. And I remember when my wife was pregnant with our first kid and man, I was really excited. I was also really scared because I was about to be uh, a dad and I still had to grow up a little bit myself. I still do have to grow up a little bit. Like I'm not saying that I'm there yet, but I'm getting closer. But I'll tell you what, when she found out that she was pregnant, I wanted to tell everybody. And she was like, nope, you need to wait a minute and don't tell people yet. And just this is just a side nugget for you guys. When your wife tells you to wait, you should do that. Because I didn't, and I got in some trouble, and they don't forget. It's like they just have this memory bank of everything you've ever done wrong, right? And it's just, it comes up, right? And arguments 10 years down the road, it's like you remember you told people that Addison was going to be born before you were supposed to? It's like, no, I don't remember that. You don't even remember what I ate last night. Like, I definitely don't remember messing up. But it was news that was good to me that I wanted other people to know. And it really had no benefit for other people. I was just excited about it. Man, and if we had a cure for all the cancer in the world, we would be shouting that cure and, and trying to share that with everybody because it's saving people or it's at least prolonging life. Maybe it's minimizing pain. Whatever it may be, we want to share that news with people because it matters. And there's no other news as great as the Gospel of Jesus. Man, it's the greatest news that we could ever share with people. And we consistently refuse to do it. Man, I read a book, and I don't read a lot of books. I read a book one time called The One Thing You Can't Take With You to Heaven. And it's your testimony. Man, he, taught, he wrote a whole book on how to share your testimony with people because once you're gone, you can't share it anymore. Man, we have to share without hesitation while we have the chance to do so. Man, I want us to be a, a people that love Jesus so much that we're going after Him with everything that we have. And because we're going after Him, we can't help but to share the good news with people. And then... The third and last thing is this, and we're going to end here this morning. Not only do we go with haste, not only do we share without hesitation, but we praise with honor. We see verses 19 and 20 of Luke chapter 2. It says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and listened to what the shepherds did. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is sequence of events for us. That we go after Jesus with everything that we are. That we begin to share the good news with people because we can't help not to. And that leads us to a life of praise. It leads us to a life of worship. It leads us to a life of lifting up the name of Jesus. And I'm going to be honest this afternoon, there's some people sitting in this room that you need to praise a little more. And you may be sitting there thinking, yeah, I don't really have much to praise about. 
And again, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what situation you're in, but this is what I know. I know that God loved you enough to send Jesus to be the perfect gift ever given. We see in Isaiah that it says, hey, for unto you a child is born. Then it says, what? That a child, a Savior is given. It's not just that Jesus was born. Jesus was given to you as a gift. And it doesn't matter what you go through in this life. I know there's going to be pain. I know there's going to be hurt. And some of you, maybe you're experiencing that at this Christmas. Maybe this season is just not a good season for you. And again, I don't want to dismiss your feelings because they're real and they matter. But I want you to know that nothing, nothing can ever take away the fact that God loved you enough to give you Jesus. Man, and that's worthy of praise. Man, sometimes as we, as we go through the trials and tribulations of life, you know how we get through those? With praise. And I heard a, a pastor say one time that God doesn't hear the language of complaining. He hears the language of worship. That as we're crying out to God, we cry out to God with praise because He's worthy. No matter what we're going through in life, He's still good and He's still God. And you can try to go back and you can try to be a King Herod and stop Jesus. Guess what? It didn't happen. Jesus was born. Jesus did live. Jesus did live the, the perfect life. He was the perfect sacrifice. He died on a cross for you. And then He defeated death. He defeated sin. He poured out His blood for you. And I don't want you to feel bad about that. I want you to give praise for that. And when we truly let it sink in that Jesus came to rescue us, that He came to reconnect us, to reconcile us back to the Father, then we have to go, we have to chase, we have to share, and we have to praise Him. Maybe you don't really know what this whole praise thing is about. And it's really simple. I don't want you to think it's a Bible word or some churchy term because it's not. When you tell your, when you tell your wife that she looks really good, it's giving her praise. That's a tip, right? Christmas time for the husbands. Probably need to tell your wife that at some point over the next few days. She's been busy. We praise people and we praise things all the time in life. And I was fortunate enough to, to be at the Braves game when they clinched right against the Brewers and then they went on to play the Dodgers and I was there at the, the clinching game. And man, I was praising the team and I was yelling. I thought I was going to be hoarse. Andrew did get hoarse. Like We yelled a lot. We were excited. We were praising because we really care about the team. We've invested a lot of time in them. How much greater is the Savior of the world? And how often do we spend just praising Him for who He is? 
don't wait until everything's great in your life to start praising God. You start right here and right now. And my heart goes out for the people that are hurting. But Scripture teaches us that Jesus, and there, I could have listed a lot of things, not just rescue, not just reconnect. The Bible teaches us that He came to, to heal the brokenhearted. That He came to break the chains of addiction. That He came to restore marriages. That He came to bring kids back to Himself that have wandered away. That He came to work all things out for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And this is the reason that we celebrate Christmas. And we don't celebrate Christmas just, just for the presents. Although those are fun. We don't celebrate Christmas just for the ham and the mac and cheese. Although those are really good. We celebrate Christmas because God said you need to be rescued and I love you enough to do it. I love you enough to do it. And I don't know where you are in your spiritual life today. But in just a few moments we're going to we're going to take communion together. And what this is is this is a time for us to share, which is what the word communion means to share together. And we do this because Jesus told us to do it. And we do this to remember what he did for us. Because we can't think about Christmas without thinking about the cross. We can't think about Jesus being born without thinking about the life that He lived and the death that He endured. And the fact that He defeated that. And today, together, we get to celebrate and share in this communion. And what this is, is it's just a time for us to remember to reflect and to really consider the fact that Jesus, His body was beaten and bruised for us. That He endured death on a cross for us. That He shed His blood for us. And that, that means something. It's not something to take lightly. It's not something that we just do the crackers aren't very good and the juice isn't either. Right? So we don't do it because it's good, that it tastes good. Right? We do it because it, it helps us become more intimate with our Savior. Because we're, we're realizing, we're understanding, we're remembering, we're reflecting on the truth that is the good news. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.